Because if we're unorganized and there are snake oil salesmen out here making us all look bad, then it illegitimizes what I'm teaching, what I'm doing. The ones of us who are trying to do this with scientific education and uh, do it well with integrity. All righty. Welcome in, kids. Almost said boys and girls. Uh, <laughs> been a long time. I, oh, I had to stop myself. Uh, but kids, kids, welcome in. Uh, it's uh, your favorite uh, political podcast, Alabama Politics This Week, with Josh Moon and David Person, and we're promoting inclusiveness. Is that I what we're doing? Yeah, you oh, know, oh, we oh, say oh, kids. With, a, with, kids, with, kids, with yes. kids, yeah. With yeah. kids, yeah. yeah. It's all about the kids. Uh, yeah. That's everything I do is for the kids. Um, it's, uh, you know, particularly one small four-year-old girl. Um, and so, yeah, if, uh, if you'd like to donate to her college fund, just let me know. (laughs) I can direct you to the appropriate, I'm not sure it will be a tax write-off, but we'll see what we can do. Uh, all right. So listen, this is, uh, this is it for the year, uh, here for Mm us. Uh, this is our last one of, uh, 2022. Um, and then we will be back at the first you know, well, actually, I guess it's technically the second week or first full week of, of January. Um, and uh, so we'll have uh, uh, we'll have a good show today, though. We got uh, Jennifer Boozer is going to come on from Canabama and talk a little weed. Uh, yeah, I know. And I know you potheads out there that listen to us. Y'all love this. You know, That's a great way to cruise into the end of the year, too. That's right. You know, it yeah. is just just mellow and just, you know, just chilled relaxing. out. Man. That's right. Yeah. Uh, I. I <laughs> You know, I, I taught. I wrote a column about how our uh, uh, our treatment of these medical cannabis uh, dispensaries are are just absurd, and the conversations around them are ridiculous. And so she saw it, and she has she hosts a podcast and a radio show down in Mobile that deals with a lot of this, and and also she owns a CBD store and has been uh, in this world now for the last ten years or so, and she knows a lot of stuff. She's also mm-hmm. a registered lobbyist. Uh, that uh, deals in medical marijuana and marijuana issues uh, with the legislature. And so she can, uh, she can actually talk about things that she knows. Uh, and of course she's going to be, you know, pro weed and we know that, yeah. right? So yeah. you, you should know that going in, but we're, we're, we're fine with that. We, we like people that know what they're talking about and, and mm-hmm. have, haven't been on her show. She, she kind of knows what she's talking about. And, um, she also focuses a lot on just technical issues uh, right. that, that are there with the law and, um, so it'll be should and, be a good conversation. And let's just go on and just keep it real. Both okay. you and I are both pro weed, right? Oh, we're pro absolutely. Weed. Yeah, yes. we're both pro weed. I, listen, I'm I'm pro everything. You know, I mean, yeah, I, I if you're gonna have if if opioids are legal, then you can't make an argument to me for any drug being illegal. Uh, you mm. just can't. You can't do it. You, uh, you know, especially uh, if we're going to uh, include uh, a doctor's prescription and, and allow it to be sold that way. Yeah. There, there's nothing. There's nothing that you should be worried about. If you've legalized opioids and some of the other things that are legal for, for treatments, um, there, there's nothing. There's nothing more harmful than those drugs out there. There's yeah. Not. Yeah. And, so. and my argument is, even though I've never used marijuana, my argument is that it's it's natural. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> it grows out of the earth. And 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 God put ex- that here for you and me, for us. It, uh, well, I actually believe that. I actually right. literally believe that. And it's, I uh, so does Smokey yeah. from uh, Friday. Yeah. <laughs> That's another matter. <laughs> and and I and I truly think that, as you just said, if opioids are legal, if alcohol is legal, 
you know, having, you know, seeing the difference between people that that use marijuana recreationally and having mm-hmm. been around it, mm-hmm. man, I'd much rather be around people using recreational marijuana, you know, or marijuana for medicinal purposes, you know, cannabis for medicinal, medicinal purposes mm-hmm. any day of the week. Yeah. Then I would want to be around people that are just getting, you know, getting drunk and and um, and uh, the kind of behaviors they exhibit, the kind of danger they represent to society just doesn't make any sense. No, it doesn't. Uh, and, and that's one of the things that, uh, that I talked about with her on uh, on her podcast was, mm. uh, you know, if you if you took the names away, if you took away alcohol, marijuana, tobacco, uh, opioids. Uh, and you just put it, put them in categories uh, down on the list and you list the harmful effects and the attributes uh, of each. Um, there's no chance that you wouldn't choose marijuana as the least harmful, most mm-hmm. effective drug uh, for pain management, for a variety of seizures, for a variety mm-hmm. of different things uh, in terms of effectiveness. And then uh, the downside of it. It's non-addictive. It's there's never been a single marijuana death uh, related to overdose. Uh, there's never, you know, there's not even any hospitalizations for the most part, unless there's something else mixed in with it, which you eliminate yeah. by legalizing it and selling it in a professional setting. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, that's it's just it's absurd. We slap this label on this uh, on this drug uh, essentially to lock up, you know, black men. And, mm-hmm. and and that's the only reason we keep it on there. That's and, the history. And, yeah. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And it's a really at, at this point there are two people fighting for it to remain that way. Uh, the pharmaceutical industry, uh, which mm-hmm. has not yet figured out a way to capitalize on uh, on, on marijuana, uh, which is the I, only I, reason they're fighting it. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. They'll. They'll. I. I, so I bet you as we go along here, they actually. I don't bet you. I know they have. Uh, they're. They're figuring out ways to get into that industry every day. Uh, mm-hmm. And the second one are are DAs um, and and mayors and people that are making money off of the arrests of these people. Uh, mm-hmm. for, for illegal possession of medical marijuana or for, I mean, not medical marijuana, but illegal possession of marijuana. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, this is how, this is what we're, you're dealing with. You're dealing with people that aren't doing it for the best, uh, best of people, uh, but, uh, just are mm-hmm. doing it for the best of money, I guess. Yeah. So, but yeah. we'll, we'll talk uh, more with, uh, with Jennifer about, uh, about all that. Um, you know, we're, we're going to start, uh, today with, uh, with Richard Shelby. Mm-hmm. Um, um Richard Shelby is retiring, as we all well know. And on his way out the door, he's given a speech after many, many long years in politics and in the Senate and a leadership role. One of the most respected and revered members of the U.S. Senate. Uh, one of, uh, you know, one of the most powerful men in all of America has mm-hmm. been Richard Shelby for the last, you know, probably decade or so. So ever since, he's been, yeah. Yeah, since he's been in charge of appropriations and mm-hmm. uh, held basically the purse strings in his hands uh, and, and could direct money here or there and kills kill off pet projects and control the, the financial future of so many states. Uh, Richard Shelby has, has been that guy for a long time now and held immense power and, you know, by all accounts, uh, wielded it with with dignity and respect and in a manner in which uh, Democrats and Republicans alike uh, were were satisfied with for the most part. Uh, you know, obviously there were a few quibbles here or there, but for the most part, uh, I believe most people respected the way that he handled himself. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But on his way out the door, he gave this, this speech in which he encouraged bipartisanship and to turn down the rhetoric and to, uh, you know, stamp out this stuff that's happening all over. And, and of course, this was all given in this vague, oh, Oh, this, this, these things that are happening that we all have no real control over. No singular person has any control over it, right? It's no, <laughs> nobody who, you please, please do your part. Not me, but you do your part. Um, and, you know, it, we had January, which, you know, he's a, a, apparently a big critic of the January 6th uh, riots and, and coup attempt. That went down, mm-hmm. but I don't recall seeing him on the front lines of anything. No, I don't recall no, him. No, but no. Did, was was he uh, was he did he vote to impeach Trump? Uh, I I do not believe he uh, did. Did I, do uh, did, I did. mean were were there any sort of calls from from Richard Shelby for uh, for uh, anything really? I mean, was I, there? I, I don't recall any, you know, even Kevin McCarthy, you know, who, of course, has been uh, giving Trump a lap dance for about a year now. Mm-hmm. Even Kevin McCarthy initially yelled and screamed at the president to intervene. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So this is the thing that's tricky, tricky to me about Senator Shelby. <clears throat> you know, he's. um. You know, and I want to say up front, um, he is one of the Republicans in our state that I have respected um, Mm -hmm. for years. Me too. uh, Since my days on the Huntsville Times editorial board, when I first began to interact with him, Uh, I have always found him to be statesmanlike. I've always found him to be reasonable, Uh, even though I have not agreed with his politics. Mm And with uh, a lot of the policies he espouses, he is a, I think he has been uh, a, a very, um, he's been a role model for how, in my opinion, for how, um, uh, you know, a conservative Republican can and should deport himself or herself mm-hmm. in our state. But having said all of that, it is so convenient, isn't it, mm-hmm. Yeah. to preach? And, and, you know, and he's not really, you know, just as he has not gotten up in front of <clears throat> crowds by and large, and I've attended speeches that he's given and so forth, and, and been this, uh, you know, he's never been a wacky partisan like Mo Brooks. Oh, yeah. No, 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 no. Absolutely not. He's never been that. Yeah. But at the same time, as you're suggesting, Josh, he's never been a vocal leader when it comes to this call for bipartisanship that he's now making. And it seems to be, it seems to me like this is what happens, Mm -hmm. you know, on their way out the door, Mm -hmm. people have a come to Jesus moment Mm -hmm. and they decide that they're going to, they're going to explicitly say things that they probably have always wanted to say. Mm Mm-hmm. But they haven't done it because it wasn't politically expedient to do so. Yeah. And so now that there is no political expediency at issue, now now, now he's going to 
tout bipartisanship. Yeah, yeah. And that's the thing that's that's really it's really disturbing. Well, yeah, I'm going to say it's disturbing because what we really need. See, you need somebody with Richard Shelby's character and savvy and gravitas to talk about bipartisanship when he is in a position mm-hmm. to really flex. Yeah. And when people are in a position where they can't just say, oh, he's just, you know, this is his, you know, yeah, out Jesus, the door. Uh, yeah. going out the door kind yeah. of situation, right? Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think flex is the right word because I, he he absolutely had had a power that few people have. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and like you, I like Richard Shelby. I, I don't, mm-hmm. um, I, I have respected the way that he has handled himself over a number of years. I mean, yeah, you know, and better, you guys are the same age. And so you've been around longer <laughs> with him, but I mean, it's, uh, uh, David is David is much, much younger than Richard Shelby. I'm sorry. That's I was just I thought that was funny. Uh, but uh no, it, it, listen, it, it, it you're right. It's yeah. you I mean you're you're hundred percent right in, in everything you said because he had this position of power for so long. Um and, and he could have uh, I, I believe played a much bigger role in affecting uh this polarization that was taking place. Uh, you know, because uh, you know, on one side, uh, Republicans respond, uh, you know, universally to money. All right, and so you know that you know you can control Republicans, and if you can control one side, you can basically control the other as well. And that's not to say that Democrats aren't ninety percent controlled by money uh, in Congress either. You can control both uh, because you know if you want to get anything done, you've got to have the money to do it, and um, and that's just. You know, no matter how good your project is, no matter how well intentioned you are, if you don't have any funding for that, you're not getting it done. And so, if you're the guy that's that's running that show, as Richard Shelby has been, then you you hold that kind of power. And I I, I just think, and listen, I, I don't I don't think Richard Shelby was the savior of you know of this, and could have been the guy that 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 changed the whole course of you know Congress and and how you know, polarized we are. I, I don't think that, but I mean, I think if he did, it would have certainly aided the situation that we find ourselves in. And if he did, maybe others would have followed and, mm-hmm. and done something similar. And mm-hmm. I, I, if, you know, and so I, I just like you, I find it, it's a little disheartening on the way out the door to to hear you say that you recognize these problems, you know, and that you recognize that we're in a bad state, but you didn't just realize them today, you know, right, right. You, you, this has been going, you've been here for, for decades now and you, you've seen, you've, you knew what it once was and, and how much more functioning it was on both sides of the aisle. Um, and, and you know, listen, I'm not going to both sides of the aisle. This thing, I, yes, are there crazies on the left that that, uh, that get carried away from time to time and just make me shake my head and and ask, what in the hell are y'all doing? Absolutely, there are. But are there as many as on the right? Shit, no, man. They're not. There is not that many. They don't control. There's not a. There's not a comparable 
uh, entity on the left to the Freedom Caucus on the right. Okay, exactly. exactly. There's not. Yeah. There's not this group of crazy people that are uh, that have made compromise a dirty word. That that are punishing mm-hmm. Republicans for compromising with uh, and and negotiating with Democrats. And and there is on the right. They're they're just mm-hmm. that's this group of people on the right that that do this all the time. And they have upended how this is supposed to function. They have misused the filibuster. They have uh, overtaken these processes uh, in, in which you, they investigate people for absolute horseshit reasons. Uh, is the, the Hunter Biden stuff that they're about to start up in the House as soon as they mm-hmm. do. It's a, you're going to investigate a private citizen over, over what, you know, right. o- over what, what are you doing? And, and that's that they have turned this whole thing into this political entity at, at every juncture. And I understand it is, you know, we're talking about politics here and we're talking about people who get elected. So I understand it's, it's political, but not every part of, of this has to be a partisan political endeavor. And that's what they've turned everything into because they don't know how to govern outside of that. Mm-hmm. You know, look at their policies or lack thereof. And, yeah. you know, that's not, not taxing anybody in the policy. That's their only thing that they do. You know, that's not a policy. I mean, you know, when you're making that statement, somebody paid for the way that you're disseminating that statement. You know, it's just it's what it drives me nuts, man. And so, yeah, yeah I mean, I, I hate to be you know critical of, of Richard Shelby, one of the one of the few Republicans who I do respect at this juncture. I mean, there have been mm-hmm. many others in the past, but at this juncture, sure. there's one of the few. I, I, but. Yeah, man, you can't say that shit on the way out the door and let everybody know that you recognize that there's been this huge problem laying right there at your feet and you didn't do anything about it. You know, you didn't even even when it wouldn't have been politically damaging to him, which it's been the last however many years. There's nothing going to damage him. It's just like taking the stand against Roy Moore. Did that damage him? No. And that was a and I think, you know, of. that's a great example, Josh, because I think if anything was going to damage him, it could have potentially been that. Yeah. Because, you know, I mean, for obvious reasons, I mean, you know, just just, you know, basically saying uh, we're going to lose this Senate seat, y'all. Mm-hmm. We're going yes. to lose it. And we have to lose it because it's more important that we lose it yes. than that Roy Moore get in that office. Yeah. You know, so I want you to do what I'm going to do. Vote for somebody else. Yeah. You know, yeah, that, 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 you're right. That sign didn't seal it for yeah. Roy Moore. Yeah. That's yeah. A, I, and, and listen, that's a hell of a stand. And it's mm-hmm. a less risky stand. I mean, it's a more risky stand than mm-hmm. saying, whoa, um, this dude is a con man uh, who we should not. Nobody should be listening to at this point. Uh, he is losing everything for this party. Uh, he is damaging the country. He's damaging the 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 White House. Uh, he does not deserve the respect that he's getting. I, I, there, there are so many things that could have been said along the way that would have shaken things up. I think uh, if if he Mitch McConnell Mitch McConnell's another one. I mean, my God, how can you let that man? How can you let that crazy asshole say those things about your wife? Those ignorant racist things about your wife. And not come back and just crush that dude. 
Well, yeah, he should have. Yeah, and I'm with you. I mean, and, and of course, you know, we said the same thing about Ted Cruz, but Ted Cruz clearly has no scruples. But Oh, no, none whatsoever. But, and, and maybe Mitch McConnell doesn't either, though I will say he has been slamming Trump even as recently as this week on yeah. politics, mm-hmm. on politics. But yeah, I'm with you. I think any time a man says something about my wife, Mm-hmm. Or my child, oh, we it, it's on, baby. Yeah. Gloves come yeah. off, brass knuckles come on. You know that's the way I look at it. You know, I'm I'm trying to take, I'm trying to break every bone in your face. You know, verbally speaking, y'all, verbally speaking, verbally trying speaking, to, yeah. trying to break yeah, every right. bone in your face. But but um, <clears throat> but you know, again, you know, and I give I give McConnell some credit because he is. He, I think he, but I think he senses, like a lot of Republicans do, that there's blood in the water. And yeah. so that's why he's, he's even as recently as this week, he has attacked Trump in some ways. But, but it's not the full, what I don't get is, you know, you know, why haven't they coordinated? Why, ha- why haven't they coordinated a response to him? Why haven't they created a campaign. You know, the Lincoln Project did that so well. Yeah. They used to kick Trump's behind, all, you mm-hmm. know, every week with some kind of media spot or something like that. Yeah. I think there's probably, just from the rumblings that we're seeing right now, there are enough Republican, conservative Republicans out there right now who, mm-hmm. are, who, are, who are dissatisfied, frustrated, angry, pissed off with Trump that they could coordinate and I think they could really end the Trump problem. And they could also, and of course I don't, I'm no Ron DeSantis fan, but, but I mean, they could elevate DeSantis if they wanted to at this point. Uh, The polling shows that the polling shows that Trump right now does not measure up to DeSantis in the polling. This would be the time to do that. Yeah, I think that's um, I think that's right. Um, you know, I, although I I don't know I don't know how much I believe in DeSantis outside of Florida. Oh, um, I don't like him. Oh, oh, no, no, saying, no, I'm just, oh, you mean political right. vibe? Yeah, politically. Yeah, yeah. I, oh, I, just, okay. I, don't, I don't know. I, I don't know. I you know because honestly, I watched that debate that he had mm-hmm. during that. I mean, he got just absolutely destroyed by Charlie Crist of all people. And uh, I mean, I, to me, he's. Um, he's a guy who does good in a, in a friendly room, uh, in with, uh, with a setup that he, he creates for himself. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, I don't, uh, outside of that, he, he's good at being, uh, mean, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. He's, he's good Mm -hmm. at being mean. Um, I mean, I like the Dallas Cowboy cheerleader boots that he had. Uh, but outside <laughs> yeah, of that, probably. you know, I don't, yeah. I, I just, but I, so I get, I'm saying that just to say, I, I don't, maybe some others see him the same as, as I do and, or that others do No, I do think a well. lot of people do. I, I mean, yeah. that's, that's, that's the knock on him that he's thin skinned and that he doesn't really have the ability. He's not really ready for prime time, you know, um, you know, a national prime time platform. And, and I think that's a fair, that's a fair criticism. All I'm saying is that the polling shows that right now, this would be the time you know, uh, for Republicans to really um, to really solve their Trump problem and just uh, 
just uh, crush Trump, elevate mm-hmm. DeSantis, you know, maybe DeSantis wouldn't wouldn't be able to hold his own, you know, when it when it came down to it on the national stage. But at least they would be rid of Trump, you know, and they could they, they could they could kind of return to some sort of, um, you know, just I started to say normalcy, but what, you know, normalcy and also just, I think, effectiveness. Because Trump is not only, not only is he just reprehensible, he's losing. He's a loser. He picks losers. I mean, Herschel Walker? Come on, really? Yeah, come on. That Uh, was a minstrel show. Really? Yeah, I know. I know. Uh, You know, if if you want to get rid of Trump, there's a pretty easy way to do it. Because as we all know at this point, the man's committed about a dozen felonies that we know of. Yeah. Uh, so all you really got to do if you're a Republican that wants to be rid of this albatross is come out and say, I, I think we ought to hold him accountable. Uh, mm-hmm. We're going to support a, a Department of Justice investigation into into the former president and how he handled classified documents, how he's handled what, you know a variety of other issues. Uh, into his uh, conversations uh, on and around January 6th, uh, the this fake elector scam. The fake elector scam to me is is by far the, the biggest uh, conspiracy that I think people should go to jail over. And, and, and you know, and that kind of gets us into the uh, other thing that we were going to talk about in the open, which was a column I wrote about. Uh, and it's not really about my column, but it's it's I wrote a column about these text messages uh, mm-hmm. from between uh, Mark Meadows and uh, members of Congress, you know, Trump's chief of staff at the time. And and what these people were saying to him and what the conversations were like, uh, you know, in the days leading up to January 6th and in the days after January 6th, when uh, there was one dipshit uh Norman, whatever his name is, that wanted to uh, that wanted to, him to declare martial law mm-hmm. uh, so he could mm-hmm. stop this election and, and stay in power. That's a yeah. coup. That's yeah. a literal coup. Okay, yeah. I mean that's a no. Is a look because there are there are several definitions of a coup. That's a third world country coup. Okay, that's uh. Oh, what was my man down in Colombia uh, that was uh, the, the drug lord uh, that... Uh, uh, let's see, Ortega. Uh, no, 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 That no, was no. Honduras. Uh, yeah. Uh, the, uh, Chapo, uh, no. No, no he yeah, was you know, an elected that, official. Uh, <laughs> you know, the guy that was, uh, uh, that they made narcos about. Um, and, you know, he essentially right. oh, was yes. bom- bombing um, the capital. His name is slipping me too. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, and that's what I'm saying. But that's the kind of coup we're talking about here mm-hmm. where you, you involve the military mm-hmm. and, and this, uh, in this plan to stay in power. No, 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 mm-hmm. no, we don't. We, that's not how we, how we operate uh, here. Uh, you know, that's, that's not how we, how we do things. And we have this whole group of people who were so caught up in this, uh, I, and Pablo Escobar is the guy's name, by the way. Uh, and I, I just, um, they were so caught up in this cult of Donald Trump. And, and I don't, I don't even, I don't know what it was. I don't know if it was a, yeah, I've never really been able to put my finger on what, drew these people in to Donald Trump in such a manner. I mean, let's not get the America first thing and we're going to make America the toughest and the greatest. And so you have this, this, you know, phony sense of, 
uh, of, of being macho, of, of you know, of, of manliness and, and strength and power. I, OK, I, I get that. I get that that's a draw, you know, as phony as it was from, a, you know, a, a pudgy New York billionaire. Right. Uh, pa- Pablo Escobar. Is that who we're talking about? Yeah, that's what, yeah, that's what I said. Yeah. yeah. Pa- yeah Pablo Escobar. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and so, I mean, so, you know, as phony as all that was, I, I get that. I get that draw in. But mm-hmm. this this total commitment to this, I mean, I, I can only assume it was that that power. And then, you know, the way Trump behaved, which created this reaction from the outside uh, of that inner circle of. Uh, of extreme dislike and distaste for him um, made the the people who supported him so, you know, feel, have this feeling of rebelliousness and belonging to this rebel group of people. I, I, I can only assume that's what, that's what drove this um, is, is some sort of sense of belonging to this, this rebellious group that was fighting for America and we're going to do it right. You know, mm-hmm. and, and I, we're going to restore them to strength and it don't matter what these damn liberals say, you know. Right. Well, I, I think it certainly developed into that. I think it really started with Trump showing that he understood how to bully the mm-hmm. Republican establishment. Yes. And how he picked off, you know, he picked off, you know, uh, Jeb Bush and he picked off all those other folks and just kind of. You know, it it was it was um you know as as distasteful as it was to watch him do what he did. Mm-hmm. It was also almost a masterclass in how to in how to bully in a political context. It, you know, and he just I think he really just I think he just scared the hell out of everybody. Well, you know? uh, I think you're 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 100 right, and and I'm going to say and I was see what you think about this. Um, because I have always maintained, and I don't know if I've ever actually said it on here or not, um, that Trump had exposed uh, today's Republican Party as being filled for all of their rhetoric about guns and strength and everything. It is filled with weak people mm-hmm. uh, who are easily susceptible to uh, conspiracy theories. Um, you know, I, and they're they're not uh, as a group. As a group, as an entity, they're they are not wholly intelligent. Uh, they seem to see things mainly in black and white terms. Uh, I'm not saying people are. I'm not saying all Republicans are stupid. So don't jump right. up and, and say right. that. That's not what I'm saying. But it, they 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 tend to boil everything down to the most basic um, problem or the most basic solution uh, out there. They tend to try to apply a black and white. You know, like, well, you got more crime, block more people up. You know what I mean? It's it's that mm. sort of sort of uh, mindset. In every single thing. And I think he realized very early on that these people, and maybe he didn't realize anything. Maybe uh, this is just who he is, and that's what he did, and his style of behaving, uh, you know, took over the Republican Party. And uh, because, I mean, he just he just simply bored his way in with, uh, I think uh, John Mulaney called it uh, family feud style intelligence, uh, mm-hmm. which is, you, you know, you have you'll have you watch family feud and and there'll be you know uh we got the top 5 answers on the board uh you know what's the 
uh, four foods that are green, you know, and, and they were right. like, uh, carrots, uh, you know, radishes. Uh, and then, you know, you got the one guy there that's like, oh, no, man, uh, lettuce and broccoli. And you're like, oh, that guy is smart, you know, and that's in, in that setting. Trump is that dude, you know, he's he comes in and, and does this and he's very good at at, at masking his inadequacies and his lack of intelligence and things by making it seem as though what he's saying is very intelligent. Uh, when, when you, you know, you're at a debate and you have, well, I'm going to solve inflation and, uh, I'm going to solve, uh, you know, th- this problem with immigration and I'm going to, and Trump, I'm going to solve all the problems, you know, and it's, you yeah. know, and that's, it's just, you know, I'm going to solve all the problems and the only I can do it. I'm the only one. I know how it works. I can do it. And uh, and that's appealing to a lot of people. I think so. It's appealing to a lot of people. People, I think, uh, generally uh, want to be led. Mm-hmm. And and if you and if you fill up a and they space, want a simple solution. They, they, right. A lot of people they, want a simple answer they, to complicated problems. They they want to be led. They want a simple solution. <clears throat> they want. Um, and I think as human beings. And I'm speaking obviously uh, as a collective, not individuals. When you have somebody like Trump who can fill up a room with his personality, whether it's mm-hmm. positive or negative, and of course in his case it's profoundly negative, it doesn't really matter. Um, mm-hmm. It 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 resonates with a lot of people, and so you know all of that I think is what really established him. Yeah. But 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 it's also true that. Um, you know, at, especially now with so much um, evidence, as you said, not only of malfeasance and, and, and criminal behavior, you know, but just abject political failures, too. This is the time. This is when, mm-hmm. you know, so McConnell giving speeches, that's an institutional Washington response. It's going to take more than just McConnell making a statement here, making a statement there about Trump. They're going to have to coordinate and almost like the way you see a pride of lions attack, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, prey or a pack of hyenas. They got to go at him like that. Yeah. Um, I think I think that he's on his way out because nothing nothing uh, pushes somebody out faster than losing. And God knows he's losing like crazy. Mm -hmm. And. Um, you know, and, and I want to say too. You know, I, I said that about about Republicans looking for simple answers and things sometimes. And um, you know that, that that this is part of the balance of of America and what what makes the government here supposed to work so well is mm-hmm. is that thing is that that's necessary in our in our system. And as a as an overthinker uh, on a lot of issues. I recognize the value of somebody who can take a step back or or come hard charging in and say, uh, "Listen, you know, I appreciate all your liberal things here, but the, here's the simple solution to this." Okay, and and I recognize that between the two of us, that that we more quickly get to the right answer uh, on on a lot of complicated issues. That that sometimes uh, that person, that black and white person, is necessary uh, to to reel in a person like me, you know, mm-hmm. uh, in, in this process uh, of handling complicated issues that affect all people in the, in a, in a big ass country, in a big ass diverse country like ours. Um, 
it's necessary to do this. Uh, it's necessary to have the, those those different viewpoints and those different approaches to this thing. Um, and that, to me, is is what's being lost here. Is is now we don't because these people are not engaged any longer in this process. All right, they're not. The, the the simple solution is no longer being presented because they're not concerning themselves with any problems. You know, they're not they're not addressing any problems or any issues anymore. They're just attacking things based on uh, I mean the, the all these things that we talked about. Okay, all these things about inflation and uh, uh, immigration and border security and uh, you know the price of goods and the and you know jobs and all the economy and all of these things that they've talked about, and their first goal when they get into office is to open an investigation into Hunter Biden. You know what I mean? That's not helping anybody. Nobody, and, and real people don't give a shit about Hunter Biden. They don't. They don't care. I mean, they may know who he is, and they may think something funny went on uh, with him getting these jobs and things like that, but so, you know, they ain't, they ain't, you ain't paying anybody's bills that way. Stop it. And, and that's, to me, what we're what we're losing uh, in this in this whole partisanship, and that to me is what we could have we could have avoided if people like Richard Shelby and Mitch McConnell and others had taken a larger stand, uh, and, and not even a big risk, just but but just a slight a slightly more political risk, slightly more. Um, but uh, I, and I think you're you're uh, you know, so I can't um, even. I, I, even- I'm sorry about that. Even in what he just said, yeah. you know, if he had just said what he said, because he didn't, he actually didn't even call out Trump and what he just said, really. Yeah. No. You know, he just talked about bipartisanship and a need for it and, and how we have to work together. If he had just said, yeah. right. No, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and you know, and I, listen, I, I don't want to, I don't want it to, to go because it's probably the last one of the last times we talk about Richard Shelby, uh, because by the time, you know, we come back, it'll be almost over. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I I just um, I, I do want to say that I, that I, I respect him um, and and I respect the way that he has conducted himself. And I think he's been really good for the state of Alabama Absolutely. from a financial standpoint and the job that he was he, he took on. Uh, a lot of it has been thankless, uh, you know, uh, and I think he's put in a lot of hours and done uh, the work that he was sent there to do. And uh, do I wish he had done a few other things? Of course I do. Same with everybody, you know. But overall, if we could have our – if Katie Britt goes up there and, and does essentially what Richard Shelby has done, then she'll be a success. I, I'm, I'm, I hope and, and I kind of expect a little more out of her. Uh, but we'll mm-hmm. we'll see how that goes. So yeah, I think yeah. if she can if she can replicate his record in, in terms of being you know a statesman and somebody who who brings you know who brings resources back to this state that can help not only this state but the nation, she'll be doing mm-hmm. a tremendous job. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think so. Let's slide out. We'll get uh, Jennifer Boozer in, and we'll come back. Uh, it's Alabama politics this week. Back in a minute. I'm David Person with Alabama Politics This Week. You know, you listen to me and Josh every week, and we have a blast as we talk about Alabama politics and culture, and as we 
interview newsmakers and journalists about Alabama politics and culture. Thanks for your support of this great podcast. And I hope that you will continue to not only listen, but to share it with your friends and also give us a rating on iTunes or Spotify or wherever you're listening to it. Thanks a lot. All righty. Welcome back. Alabama Politics This Week. Josh Moon, David Person. And we are happy now, as we told you before, uh, that we're going to have uh, Jennifer Boozer from Canabama on with us. And, uh, uh, you know, I, I I was a guest on, on Jennifer's show, a radio show podcast uh, that she does and hosts and uh, had a good time. And uh, But I, I felt like one of the things that we wanted to do uh, is is give people a little more information. Uh, and, and you know, I think we, David and I do that here a lot. Uh, you know, a lot of the information uh, we we give sometimes is, is maybe wrapped in an insult. Uh, but listen, it's there. There's insults still there. Okay, okay that takes, uh, that just makes it fun. <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. But you know, I, I just I do think that for whatever reason, uh, you know, political reasons or you know, whatever ulterior motives people may have. Um, a lot of this medical marijuana debate in this state, and I wrote that it is absolutely ridiculous, uh, The this debate that we're currently having, because so much of it is just insane to me, and it doesn't really focus on true issues. And so I, I thought we would have uh, have you on, and we could have at least some sort of a you, – because you've, uh, you've been in this for a while. Um, you've been, been in this. I was the first one in Alabama. Uh, to do CBD, right? Yes, to do uh, to do any kind of hemp business or any kind of cannabis products. Right. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Yeah. So I guess uh, wow. tell tell everybody uh, if you wouldn't mind uh, how how you got into this um, and and what you've done over the course of the last decade or so. Okay. Well, it's only been four and a half years, so calm down. <laughs> right. Well, well, you know, I'm just saying. It's, uh, you've been around for a while. I mean, you've been around longer than four and a half years. I mean, I am 44 years old, so I've been right. around a while. Right. <laughs> you know, I was a I was a stay at home mom for 17 years, and and hadn't had a job since I was 20. So I understand the desire to have weed. So, but go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Dude, if I had had this back then, yes. <laughs> um, no, but I um, I was a stay-at-home mom. Uh-huh. I was a chronic pain patient and an arthritis and migraine diagnosis at 15. Hmm. Um, hmm. And I had lost my child, um, uh, my second child when I was 25 hmm. and almost hmm. died giving birth to him. Um, wow. I had a uterine rupture, a bladder rupture, and my nine-pound healthy boy was brain dead. Oh. And Ooh. I had to remove my own son from life support at, uh, at 25 years old. And so uh, I became an opiate addict. I got addicted to the pain pills. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, they had ripped my, my insides apart, put them back together. And uh, this was in 2003. There was no opioid crisis. Um, uh, the first time I had a doctor tell me I was in opiate withdrawal or drug withdrawal, um, I was insulted. Huh? <laughs> and I remember telling him, I don't do drugs. I don't even smoke weed. <laughs> and he said, well, you know, this is pharmaceutical grade, you know, heroin, basically. 
And, and, and by then it was too late. I didn't care. And mm-hmm. I spent about 10 years um, because it made me numb. Mm-hmm. It made my anger. It made my grief. It made my um, survivor's guilt. All those things, it made it, it made it numb. Right. And at first I thought, you know, I have control of this situation. You know, we never have control of that situation. So I was three years clean after 10 years. I was three years clean from opiates. I was in, you know, I had th- two to three migraines a week, raging PMS, um, chronic pain, anxiety, depression, and had insomnia for 14 years. I, uh, a friend of mine suggested that I try CBD. Mm-hmm. And I did a little research and I was like, oh, no, I can't do that. I'm in recovery. That's weed. I can't do that. But uh, she came and she's like, look, I would never do anything to compromise your sobriety. And you, you, you need to try this. And I did. And it changed my life. Hmm. And then I realized I couldn't explain it to my mom without her being worried I was going to relapse and end up in a ditch somewhere. <laughs> and uh, well, you know. Because yeah. everybody believes the D.A.R.E. program's mantra that it's a gateway drug. And that was right. a popular statement at the, uh, the city council meeting. I, I watched all two hours of it, and I'm really glad I didn't go because they did Mike Dow very dirty at that meeting and called his character and his motives into question. And um, I know Mike Dow, and he's a great guy. and. And everything that he said was true, and even though it contradicted what they wanted to believe. Right. Um, and that, so that was I the city council meeting you're, you're talking about this week, where they're 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 talking yes, about Mobile approving medical marijuana mm-hmm. dispensaries in, right. in the in the city. Yeah, right. Which is why I had you on the show to discuss the ridiculousness right. of these debates. Yeah. So I tried CBD. I started having to educate myself because I needed my mom and everybody else I was trying to tell about it to understand it. And I became voracious. I couldn't get enough. I still, I love, love learning about the plant. And we'll never, I'll, I'll if I live to be 100, I'll never know everything. Right. Um, but it is a passion of mine. And I, I, I knew instinctively people needed a place to go where they could uh, speak to someone in person, ask questions, try a product, you know, get some really good information. And so I opened up in the corner of a hair salon in Satsuma, Alabama, and operated out of a 200 square foot corner, a block from the Satsuma Police Department <laughs> in uh, August of 2018, uh, before the new the, the 18 Farm Bill was signed. And um, and we have grown exponentially ever since. But I taught my first class before I ever had anything to sell because the number one thing you get from Canabama is information. Mm-hmm. And then if you would like to shop with us, we are super happy to help you. We're very good at what we do. We know how to vet products. We only, uh, we only sell things that are farm bill compliant, that are lab tested, organic practices. We don't, uh, we don't sell gas station garbage. Mm. And, uh, but, but I ended up, teaching classes. I now do the radio show. I've been doing that three and a half years and um, trying to teach the Gulf Coast, whoever can hear me, um, uh, what cannabis is and what it isn't. You know, we want people to know what it is, what it does, how it works, how to use it. First, let me just 
compliment you. You said that you have a radio show. You definitely have a nice radio voice. I really like your voice. <laughs> um, now let's let's talk about. He's never said that to me. He's never, not once said <laughs> well, that to me. It's so I, I'm very hurt right now. But go ahead, David. Ask your question. I like to think maybe I'm a little cuter than you too. Yeah, well, well, without question, well, that goes. There's no saying. chance that that is true. But go ahead. <laughs> That, that's an automatic. That's automatic. Oh, so, it's, I'm so hurt. Hey, this no this is Christmas. This is the Christmas hair. season. I mean, My God. No, Y'all be nicer. No hair or pink hair. <laughs> pink hair and glasses to match, by the way. Yeah. That's right. That's right. So now let me let me ask you the obvious question, I think, which okay. is how were you able to get away with this? Before you had any kind of legal cover at all, how were you able to do what you did? Um, what I did is completely federally legal. Also in Alabama, now now I did open before the 18 Farm Bill was signed, but in Alabama, there is an agricultural law, SB 347, and mm-hmm. it states uh, from 2016, it states that industrial hemp is excluded from the definition of marijuana, and therefore not a controlled substance. So I talked to a DEA agent. I talked to a lawyer. I talked to the sheriff and the Satsuma Police Department. And they all assured me that I was free to do it and there would be no uh, legal issue whatsoever. There's not a single word on the Alabama law books about smokable flour or particular methods of consumption. It's considered a commodity just like corn and broccoli and soy and as long as it meets the federal legal limit of 0.3 percent thc okay so there was nothing wrong with what i was doing i wasn't getting away with anything (laughs) okay so you so you weren't using cannabis you were using hemp well see that's where a lot of people go wrong in their understanding of the plant it is the same this is why we had you on here we go. Knock it it is the same plant. <laughs> the difference between whether or not they call it hemp or marijuana is that percentage of delta 9 tetrahydrocannabinol or THC. If mm-hmm. it meets the 0.3% legal limit, it is considered hemp. If it is one tenth of a percent over, it is considered marijuana. It is literally the same plant. So it all, so whether you call it marijuana or hemp, it comes from the cannabis plant. It's cannabis sativa L is the Latin name. Yes. Okay. okay. Well, what yes. is the, can I ask real quick, what, what is this, uh, you see a lot of the Delta 9, Delta 8 uh, sort of right. thing. What, what, what is that in reference to? Delta 9, well, THC stands for tetrahydrocannabinol. Uh-huh. CBD stands for cannabidiol. That's just abbreviations of their their Latin names. Right. Um, THC is typically uh, Delta nine THC is what is on the controlled substances list. Right. But there are many types of THC in cannabis and THC is not the only chemical compound in the plant that can have mind altering effects. There are terpenes, flavonoids. Terpenes are the chemicals in plants that give it a smell. Right. Like essential, think essential oil. Right, right. Flavonoids give the plant color and have medicinal properties. Those huh. things are used by plants to either attract pollinators or repel predators. 
They have all they all have medicinal implications in the human and the animal body. Then what do I need to get high? <laughs> THC. <laughs> THC. Okay. But Delta, so, you know, Delta, Delta and Delta, people people think Delta eight is THC. It is. I mean, it is CBD. It's not CBD. It's THC. Um, molecularly, Delta nine, a controlled substance, and Delta eight, not a controlled substance. There is one carbon molecule difference. They are almost molecularly identical. The big difference between Delta nine and Delta eight is Delta nine is more cerebral, which is why some people who are sensitive like me have paranoia, anxiety from it. Uh Um, And then Delta eight is more of a body experience. It's more of a body relaxation. It's better to me for pain, sleep, anxiety, and it's fantastic for nausea, especially chemotherapy nausea. Mm-hmm. And both will not, produce yeah. the munchies, stimulate your appetite, things like that. Right. Uh, one other little technical thing here. Okay. So uh, let's say a person, I'm not naming any names, <laughs> took a trip to one of these other states where marijuana is legal uh, yes. and possibly went to one of these places where you buy the marijuana. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, maybe went up and found the little tablet that in which you, you place your orders on. Um, and, and on that tablet, there are a variety. And I'm just guessing that all this is true. Uh, and that, that on the tablet, uh, there are a variety of different options uh, based on uh, what effect you would like to feel from what Correct. you're going to purchase, the product you're right. going to purchase, right? right. Where you are happy or, uh, you know, what, whatever, uh, you right. know, what, whatever mm-hmm. you, you want it to be calm, you want it to be active, you want it to be whatever, right. um, uh, more loving, I will say. Um, <laughs> Definitely so, for me. Yeah, right. Um, <laughs> what, what is, what, what makes that possible? I mean, what, what are we, what are we talking about? What's the difference between the products there that, that are producing a different, uh, outcome. That's a well, beautiful question, and almost no one ever asked that question. But this is one of my favorite questions. Joe is beautiful. The difference, <laughs> and I'll give it. I'll give it to you. <laughs> the difference, and you're talking about most people call it strains. The, uh-huh. the correct, the correct agricultural term or botany term is varieties. Right. Um, just just like roses come in different colors, scents. Some of them are tiny climbing roses. Some of them are massive. You know, some of them have a strong smell. Some of them don't. It's the same thing with cannabis. The different mm-hmm. varieties or strains give you different effects and they come in sativa, which is more stimulating and um, more of a daytime thing or or, it, or more invigorating. Whereas an indica is going to be more sedating and relaxing, better for pain and sleep, things like that. It's going to give you a more opportunity to be couch locked and have, you know, <laughs> sitting there with Doritos and, you know, the whole yeah, well. bagging Scooby-Doo thing. <laughs> oh, I don't even need a drug for that. Well, go ahead. But, That's, yeah. Right, right. <laughs> but the difference is in the terpene profiles. And like I said, terpenes are the chemicals in the plants that give them a smell. Right. For example... Sativas are usually high in uh, in in terpenes like limonene, 
Limonene is uh, the chemical. It's a it's essential oil. You know how oranges, limes, lemons, and grapefruit all are different, but they're all citrus and they have that zest. Yes, yeah. That yes. wakes up the brain and you drink it uh -huh. in the morning. That is limonene, is that that terpene. Huh. So when you think of that zesty smell that comes from citrus that wakes up your brain, that's a terpene called limonene. That is usually uh, more dominant. And sativas that wake the brain stimulate creativity, productivity, you know, up. Right. Uh, whereas in an indica, they're uh, usually pretty high in a terpene called linalool. And linalool is what gives lavender its smell. And everybody knows you can just smell lavender and it's relaxing. Yeah. You can dab it on and it helps you sleep. And huh. that is more dominant in an indica strain that is sedating and relaxing. There are 104 terpenes that we know of in cannabis. So each of those, there's 4,500 plus strains because you're wow. talking about mathematics now, right. <laughs> the different proportions and combinations of those terpenes. They, each of the plants has all of them, all of them, but some of them are so minor, they're not even measurable. Right. So you, you find that the ones that are dominant and that gives you a sativa dominant strain or an indica dominant strain, if it has terpenes that are more sedating and relaxing as opposed to stimulating. So the difference in those strains and the effects come from the terpene profile. And then you add in the flavonoids and things like that. But the terpenes are what give it that gas. When people say, this is skunky, it smells like cheese, or it smells like lemons, or it smells tropical, or it smells like berry or cedar. That is the terpene profile. Mm -hmm. huh. mm -hmm. I, I, before we run out of time, I just I want to pick your brain. I want to ask you to do a little prognostication for us. Okay. Uh, do you believe that? that that cannabis will be legal in the state of Alabama without consideration to THC levels? Um, fully legal? Yes. I believe that will happen after federal legalization happens. Okay. And which, you know, and, and believe it or not, we are not the last state to legalize. Mm -hmm. Which a lot of advocates, you know, in, in the rest of the country, you know, we, we didn't have anybody that would come in and help us, coach us, fight for this bill. We've been doing it, clawing, clawing up that hill on our own. And now they're, they're going to be flooding the state. But federal legalization isn't as far off, I think, as we as some people think. But mm -hmm. in Alabama, I think it's going to be pretty uphill and pretty impossible, at least until the medical program is fully rolled out and we have some real statistical data after a year or two. Mm -hmm. And, you know, barring no one running down the street naked with their hair on fire and things like that. For people who are claiming that it's going to be pot shops all over the city and our children are all going to be drugged out and all the things that they're fear mongering with. Once they can't say that anymore because there's statistical data, then I believe they won't have an argument. But okay. all right, so you got to take the... everything with an Alabama grain of salt, too. Okay, all right. Yeah. All right. We typically so, do. So, yeah. so one yeah. other one other question, and I want to set the question up 
in a very specific way okay. by, by, by making it clear that I do personally understand that the biggest danger to our young people is the uh, prescription drugs that they can get out of their parents' cabinets. It's not. And, and alcohol. Yeah. Right. And alcohol that they can get out of their parents, you know, bars and, and, and refrigerators. Right. And, and I have there. teenagers. Yeah. I'm a mom. Yeah. So I, I understand that. Mm-hmm. But I do believe, while I don't believe marijuana is a gateway drug inherently, I do believe there is some merit to the argument that says that there can be a culture around the use of marijuana that can that can create opportunities for people to then move on to other drugs. This is not universal, but I do think it's something that is real and that also needs to be confronted. What what do you say to that? I would say you could say the exact same thing for alcohol. Mm-hmm. You could mm-hmm. say the exact same thing for caffeine, sugar, food in general, sex, gambling. I mean, yes, once you start to do something uh, impulsively and then habitually, mm-hmm. you know, you can you can drink too much water. There's plenty of things, you know, that are innocuous on their own, but that can be used in excess, abused or even kill you. Mm-hmm. Um, marijuana won't kill you. <laughs> But um, as far as it being a gateway to other drugs, it does not make you crave other drugs. I like to refute that with this fact. There are no receptors. We have an entire system of receptors. Mm-hmm. And we have CB1, CB2, and CB3 receptors. They're directly or indirectly bond with cannabinoids. They are. It is that system of receptors is larger than the central and peripheral nervous system combined. If you think of a symphony where the players, the musicians are the central nervous system, the instruments are the peripheral and the ECS or the endocannabinoid system is the conductor. The conductor tells the players what to do with their instruments and make sure the instruments are working properly. So it literally rules the body. And uh, there are no receptors, though, in the brainstem near the involuntary bodily functions. That's the problem with opiates, amphetamines, alcohol, benzos. There are receptors in that part of the brainstem that control breathing, heart rate, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. You literally can you can overdose, but overdose doesn't equal death. Um, it also doesn't create the same physiological addiction and i am a recovering addict and i can say that not having cannabis is nothing remotely like not having oxycontin when you're used to popping them there is no uh basically any any ill effects of stopping cannabis are happening because you're no longer treating what you're treating what you've been treating the 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 issues in your mental health and physical health that were being treated by the cannabis are no longer being treated. It's the same thing as anything else. You're going to start feeling bad again because we still eat and drink and bathe and rub on poison all over the place all the time. And we're all trauma riddled. Yeah. Can I say too, you know, having said, having listened to everything that you just said and taking it in, Mm -hmm. um, does that not make you think David, that, that the, the culture that you're talking about is, uh, is a phony 
uh, culture, uh, something that is created wholly not because of of the of the drug itself or or the addiction the culture capabilities. Is, I believe the, the culture, culture is, is 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 built upon the fact demand. that it's an illegal it's job. Well, it's, it's culture illegal. is marketing. Yeah, I mean, but it, well, it's, it's, it's cool. built because it's Ill, illegal, right? Because it's, right. Uh, if, well, yeah. I don't. Yeah, let me let me clarify. First of all, I don't think this exists anytime there's marijuana present. Let me be. No, clear. no, no. I, absolutely. Yeah. I, I, but I just I, think that it was yeah. it was because of. Uh, the, the, I know exactly what you're saying, and I agree with mm-hmm. what with what you're saying. That there yeah. is this the, this culture, and this uh, you know the that I think that that kids, a lot of younger people, a lot of times are are shoved into a certain group or of of people based upon the usage of this. But I, I believe it's it's because of the legalization aspect of it. You know, well, this is and, an and illegal you drug. That, you know, when you consider mm-hmm. that that kids, they all know about pills and they all know about cocaine and they all know and there was no advertising done you know what i mean they don't have ads for cocaine on the super bowl but they do have it for budweiser and tito's and whatever else you know i mean it's you could you could debate that point a lot but the the fact of the matter is in my store which i legally i could sell and spark up with a five-year-old there is no law on the books about who can and can't smoke it and how old they have to be. Nothing. Is that right? We follow the smoking law because I don't need anybody's mama on my Facebook trying to denigrate my business, (laughs) but legally, (laughs) legally I could do that. Yeah. But I don't because I'm a responsible person and I'm, I'm a responsible business person. And I know that I can't just unleash it on a bunch of kids because then, you know, it's, that would be irresponsible. Yeah, with yeah. the medical program, they have much more. So, so I think what I'm place. saying, Jennifer, what I think I'm saying is that, it, it, you know, and I don't disagree with what you what you and Josh are suggesting here. But I guess what I'm saying is there is there can be a culture around it. But if it wasn't marijuana, it would be something else. Right. Of course. You know, there'd well, be something there'd be something each of the else things we mentioned that yeah. people would be using. Uh, in order to further, because there are predators, right? They're predators all throughout society. So they are the bane of my existence in this industry. You've got people that are going to prey on the vulnerability of others. Mm -hmm. They're going to exploit others. Strictly to make money. Whether they're using marijuana or whether they're using something else. But there can be, all I'm suggesting is, I don't think we should be dismissive of the fact that there no. are circumstances where oh, there can be a, a, right. a culture that emerges around the use of this particular thing, even right. though, as you said, it could also be uh, a culture can be built around other things, too. Right. Yeah. Well, you could like you know, like you could look at something like energy drinks. No kid <laughs> needs an energy drink. And yet the cans are colorful and they taste like Skittles. They don't taste like success and sacrifice and have a picture of someone, a briefcase in their hand, who's a fully grown 40 year old adult on it. They're pandering to teenagers and there's kids dropping down, dropping at football practice with their heart problems and stuff, or even dying because they're guzzling these drinks and nobody's, monitoring it their moms are buying it for them because the moms don't know and hey it's at circle case so it must be safe you know you it, it just it goes back to you know 
uh, I guess, making people operate responsibly and advertise responsibly and teach responsibly. Unfortunately, in marijuana, they don't want us to be very organized. And I've got it on good authority that sometimes they don't come down on us on purpose by pressure from big pharma. Mm-hmm. Because if we're unorganized and there are snake oil salesmen out here making us all look bad, then it illegitimizes what I'm teaching, what I'm doing. The ones of us who are trying to do this with scientific education and uh, do it well with integrity, it makes us all look like, you know, everybody thinks CBD is CBD. It's not. It's not. It matters where you get it. It matters where it was made. It matters where it was grown. But as long as there are, Bad people in the business, as long as there are snake oil salesmen who are just here to try to make as much money as possible until it is, you know, flushed down the toilet and they move on to the next big thing. You know, um, it's up to people like me to be very public about it and call it out because illegitimizing our industry and making us look like the wild, wild west. I hate that term. That keeps us from being any real competition to Mm. big pharma. And it's very much by design. Yeah. Yeah. Well, listen, I, you know, that's uh, all you said is is one of the reasons why we wanted to have you on today and and sure. um, and to talk about the, uh, you know, the, the specifics, the science, the everything behind it. And honestly, I felt like I, I went to a class. I, I should get some sort of credit. Uh, because I believe there was also some math in there at one point, yeah. and I, I don't, you know, I don't know about that. Yeah, I hate I the was, math part. Yeah, I, I was told there would be no math, uh, right. but it's um, listen. Uh, but thank you for for coming on and spending some time, and and, and I hope people will will listen to to what you said the the you know the technical aspects of this, and and I hope more than anything that our lawmakers will start to pay a little more attention. Um, to to the facts of 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 what's happening here, and listen to right. people who, like yourself, who are experts in this, who have studied this, who are who are trying to do the right thing, who are trying to be responsible. And I think if we can get a lot of people like you involved and and talking and get your voice out there, we'll be a whole hell of a lot better off uh, than we would right. be otherwise. But I agree. so. Thank you. Thank you so much for coming on. And uh, and y'all listen, if y'all need, if, if you have questions, uh, yeah, how can they, how can folks get in touch with you if they have some questions or if they, they want to explore the products a little bit more of the chat? Sure. Well, if you're in Mobile, you could physically walk in. We're at 558 St. Francis Street in downtown. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have a website. It's canabama.com, C-A-N-N-A-B-A-M-A. Dot com And then uh, my email is Jennifer at Canabama.com. And our phone number is 251-255-5155. We have Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Snapchat, all those good things. You can find us there. And uh, yeah, so. Yeah. Yeah. Just, yeah, absolutely. And and I won't be clear. We we we're not getting paid. Uh we're yeah. not nope. there's there's no mon- monetary exchange here. Uh we had Jeffrey sent or me any other kind of exchange. Right. Here. Right. <laughs> hey, that's, that's one I might be more interested in, you know what I'm saying? Huh? Yeah. Uh, you know what I mean? Uh, you know what I'm saying? Uh, but no. Never know. Uh, listen, yeah, it's a, but no, it's a uh um uh, I, I, she sent me an email after I wrote a column about how yeah. ridiculous this whole argument is. And, uh, you know, no, we I talked had to meet for a while. You. I had to yeah. meet you. 
And so we, and that's, that's how this whole thing, I, I found that, you know, that she's very knowledgeable in this. And I, I just felt like, you know, somebody that's trying to do it right deserves, you know, at least some, some publicity sure. and, uh, and, and, well, and, and the you, voice can, you can listen so. to my radio show. Oh yes. Uh, every Monday night on 106.5 in, in the, on the coast, but you can live stream it at 7 PM from www.fmtalk1065.com. Yeah. Um, you can also upload it as a podcast on Spotify, iTunes, iHeartRadio, um, Google Podcast, uh, Amazon Music, but it's called Sweet Home Canabama. Nice, nice. Well, Jeffrey, thank right. you again for coming on and spending some time and uh, and good luck with everything. And uh, you know what? Good luck banging your head against this wall. Uh, that is All right. the and hey, politics. if y'all ever y'all ever need me for information or anything like that, you just give me a holler. We'll do it. Thank you so much. That thank is, you. Uh, it is Jennifer Boozer with uh, Canabama, and you know the the lady knows knows what she's talking about, which is the reason why we we wanted to have her on. And so uh, let's uh, all right, let's do this. Let's uh, let's slide out of here. We'll come back. We'll wrap this baby up uh, in just a minute. Alabama politics next week. Back in a sec. Everybody, if you would uh, like an opportunity to interact with us here at uh, Alabama Politics this week, uh, we've got a great way for you to do that. Uh, shoot a question over to apwproducer at gmail.com. That's apwproducer at gmail.com. Anything about Alabama politics you want to know about, uh, I don't know, what, what everybody likes to drink or uh, where everybody likes to hang out or you know, whatever, whatever your question may be. Uh, what chances the Democrats might have uh, in the uh, the upcoming midterm elections? Uh, shoot us a question over at apwproducer at gmail.com. apwproducer at gmail.com. Thanks. All righty. Welcome back. Alabama Politics This Week. Josh Moon, David Person. Uh, appreciate yes, uh, Jennifer Boozer being on with us and uh, hopefully, you know, People will find themselves a bit more educated in the area of medical marijuana and uh, CBD and everything else. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I, it's uh, as I said before, this is our last show uh, of the of the year. We're going to be headed out and uh, I, we've, we're going starting uh, starting this weekend. We've we got we get started with the family Christmas stuff. And so, nice. Nice. Uh, yeah, yeah, we're, uh, we're excited. I, listen, I'm. I'm essentially Clark W. Griswold here. Uh, I, uh, I mean, I've got the lights on the house. So I've got the stuff in the yard. I've, uh, you know, it's you're I, all in. Uh, I am. I am. Uh, yeah. uh, I and I and I don't care. I, you know, I, it's mm-hmm. uh, it's a uh, I, I, I like it. I like the I like getting together with the families. Uh, mm-hmm. I, like, I don't mind the, any of it. Um, you know, I like buying the gifts. I like watching the kids open the gifts. I like uh, the whole, all of it. I, like, I, th- mm-hmm. I think the whole thing is is great. I like that people are a little nicer to each other for a few days. And, um, <laughs> you know, I mean, I do. That's, uh, you know, mm-hmm. and it's, uh, you know, I like the food. I like uh, the games. I like all of it. It's, I find myself, you know, very, very fortunate to have lived this life that, uh, that I have lived you know, with the people that, that care and, uh, you know, with the family and the and the loved ones, and having a little one now who is um, every day for the last. I know people make fun of the elf on the shelf thing, okay, mm-hmm. and I get it, I get that. Every day for the last month, she's rolled out of bed and said, "Where's?" And she's named her elf Sprinkles. Oh, 
let's go find sprinkles, you know, and it's just been this greatest thing in the world for her to find this, this ridiculous little elf. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, and it's the cutest thing for us. It's our, our daughter. So she's cute mm-hmm. to us. And, you know, and mm-hmm. if you don't think she's cute, then there's something wrong with you, but it's, you know, <laughs> she um, is cute. She's a little cutie pie. She really is. <laughs> she, she is. She's cute and sweet. And so listen, I, it's, it's a fun time for me. And, and I understand that others are, are not as, as fortunate as I have been. Yeah. That's not, of course, a, a me, a me trying to rub anything in anybody's face at all. No, I, I, you no, know, I no, wish no. that that were not the case, and and, and I hope uh, that there that, that you can have a, a a decent time over the next few weeks. Um, you know, if you can't, and there, and there's anything that that I could do to make it better, reach out. I'm perfectly happy. Even if I don't know you, let me know. You know, and we'll figure mm-hmm. out something. Um, and so, you know, we we are very privileged people. Um, we mm-hmm. you and I and I and I know there are a lot of people who are also very privileged. But 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 since it's you and me here talking. Sure. I just want to underscore that we know we're aware of how privileged we are. We sit mm-hmm. in our respective homes, earning our living in part by talking about politics yeah. Yeah. and other people. Yeah, you know, know right? and writing yeah. about politics and other people. I yeah. mean, that's a privilege. That's that's yeah. not that's not something to be taken for granted. Oh, there are a lot of people not. that are working a whole lot harder. You know, backbreaking work. Yeah, you know, um, working a whole lot harder, and 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 engaged in in a very real struggle to make ends meet. And you and I are blessed. Yeah, We're yes. absolutely blessed. Yes. Yes, absolutely. We are, you know, it's a uh, thing about it all the time. You know, it's uh, mm-hmm. it, you can pay the bills and um, and do it in this manner in which it's something it's something you enjoy. You know, mm-hmm. even if it is hard, if if you enjoy it and, and I'm not saying this is hard. This is definitely not hard. OK, uh, my my grandmother told me when I was seven, you, you make sure you don't have to do any hard labor because you're not going to make it, son. <laughs> Uh, and she, she saw me, she, she knew Did who she? I was. That's yes. funny. She knew who I was. She said, you, you find you a job pushing a pencil because you're not going to push a shovel. Uh, and so it's exactly what she said. You're not you push a pencil because you can't push a shovel. My man. Um, that's funny. And, and she was right. Listen, she was, yeah. uh, she set the tone for life. And, um, uh, I know, I know it's, it's, it's crazy, you know, that, that, that people, you know, we'll, we'll pay us to do this thing that we like mm-hmm. and, um, and that, uh, we can enjoy, enjoy life this way. And it makes you, I'd say for me, I don't know, I don't know how like billionaires and millionaires have any money that they don't give away. Um, you know, I, I just, it, it, to me, it makes me almost feel guilty, mm-hmm. um, for, for in, for having excess, uh, and and I just I always feel I always look for ways to give it away to somebody. Um, mm. And, um, you know, which, you know, it's fine. It's fine. It's yeah. uh, it because honestly, I don't know what it is. It's, you know, karma or whatever people want to say about it. I've always found that when you do that and, and you're kind of genuine about it, that it it returns to you in some way, shape or form. It mm-hmm. may not be monetarily, but it, in some way, shape or form, it, re, it returns to you and uh, in, in, in a way that that you just you, you never would have imagined. And uh, yeah. and, you know, just kind of being, you know, even if it's just a kindness that comes back your way because you were kind. And so mm-hmm. um, but uh, anyways, enough of, uh, you know, 
enough of all that. Let's be mean to somebody for <laughs> so, you know, it's just, uh, and, and really we're not mean to anybody. We're only mean because those people are acting like assholes, you know, and you gotta, <laughs> you gotta say, you stop being assholes to people, okay? <clears throat> uh, or be a little more knowledgeable about what you're doing and stop getting caught up in, in, in straight politics of things and, mm. and consider, you know, the, the fact that you are, uh, you're, you're having to work with people and, uh, and you know what? And a perfect example of this is in Wetumpka. And I wrote a column about this as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, they arrested uh, these two ladies in Wetumpka. They call them the cat ladies. Um, these ladies, I mean, I, I, I cannot. You, you're going to think I'm lying about this if, you, if you've not read this story. You, they arrested these ladies. For feeding and trapping feral cats. All right. Mm-hmm. So uh, the, these uh, these two women, Mary Austin, sixty one, mm-hmm. and Beverly Roberts, eighty five. What? Mm. Eighty five. Mm-hmm. All right. Mm-hmm. They were they they are known around the community as these cat ladies, and what they do is they go out where there are high concentrations of feral cats, and they set out food traps for them, trap those cats, take them, have them spayed or neutered, then return them to the area and, and let them go. So what they are doing, in, a, in essence, is, as Bob Barker would say, helping control the pet population. Yeah. Uh, you know, we, how, many, how many years did we wrap up the prices right with, you know, help control the pet population, have mm-hmm. your pet spayed or neutered? Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that's exactly what they're doing. Well... Uh, along the way, they ran afoul of some city leaders in Wetumpka who did not want them trapping these cats and feeding the cats on city property any longer. Hmm. They were doing it. There was a dumpster out beside, out behind City Hall in the area, and that's where they were. That's because that's where the cats were congregating. That's where right. they would put their traps and their food. And they claimed that they were just attracting more cats to the area by putting food out there. Um, to which they were like, well, okay, that's what we're doing. You know, we're going to spay and neuter them. Then, mm-hmm. then you won't have any more cats, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, and so um, they told them that they would be trespassing if they returned to this area. So these two ladies spoke to the animal control officer and said, you know what we're doing. This is what they're saying to us. And he said, well, just go up on top of the hill up there, out away from City Hall, where they're not at, go up on top of the hill into this wooded area. There's plenty of room to park off the side of the street. Uh, park off the side of the street, set your traps up over there. So that's what they did. Mm-hmm. And then, as the mayor of Wetumpka was on his way to the office one day, he spotted one of the ladies who he doesn't like because she has been highly critical of him at several city council meetings because mm. of his policies for uh, animal ah, control. Now we're yeah. getting down to the nitty gritty. thickens, as, mm. as they might say. Mm. Um, and so he, he spots her, and he phones the assistant chief of police and says, eh, this lady. Now, there's some question as to whether or not he said, they're out there feeding those cats, go and arrest them. I'm tired of this. Or if he merely said, as he claimed in court, I spotted her out there and I believe she's uh, in violation of the trespassing uh, ordinance that we issued. 
So go and you know see mm-hmm. see what that's about. Regardless, body cam footage. I swear to God, it's true. Uh, shows three cop cars and four officers responding to these elderly ladies out feeding cats or not feed, mm. trapping cats over there. Uh, it escalates into this whole back and forth and uh, the women's being, you know, just basically confounded about why there's so many officers out there and saying things like, what are you serious for feeding right. cats? Right. What? Why are y'all all out here for this feeding his cats? And so then they first tell the 85 year old lady that, uh, that she is, uh, she's she was has a trespassing uh, order, which was from where she was trapping them behind mm-hmm. the courthouse, and they're gonna have to take her to jail. Mm. Uh, and so the other lady is standing over by her car, and they say, "Well, uh, she's like, what? What are you talking about? You know?" And then they go back and forth, and they, get in your car. You get in your car. You're gonna go to jail too. You know, go, you, I've had just about enough of you. And I was there. That's wow. what one of them says. I've had just about enough. Wow. And so she goes and sits in her car, but she leaves the door open so she can yell back at the officers. <laughs> and they were like, uh, this doesn't concern you. And she's like, we're going to, we're going to take you to jail. And she's like, for, for talking. And she's like, yeah, cause this doesn't concern you. So then at some point, of course, she yells back and forth and, um, uh, she, uh, the lady tries to, the 85 year old lady, uh, who they handcuff behind her back. Uh, yes, the 85 no, handcuffed on, her really? I swear to God, I swear to God, it's true. Wow. And they do it because she assaulted one of the officers, they claim. An 85 uh, year old assaulted yeah. an officer? Yeah, and, and the assault was, <laughs> uh, was caught on, on tape. Uh, she, uh, she was trying to walk over and give her keys to the other lady because at that point she didn't think the other lady was going to jail. Uh-huh. And they stop her from doing that and uh, tell her she's going to jail and she, just slams the keys down in his hand. He has his hand reached out for the keys and she just kind of slams the keys down in his hand. This 85 lady and says, you son of a bitch. It's it's so funny, man. She said it just like you would imagine an 85 year old, you son of a bitch. And, you know, just, uh, uh, and so, uh, you know, at that point she's good and angry, which she should Uh be, you know, but still she, she, uh, other than, other than that one little outburst, she, pretty much maintains her composure through this whole thing. And Jed at one point is telling him, look, I can't get into this truck. You've got my hands behind my back. And, uh, and he's like, well, I, you know, we would have done that in the front, except for you assaulting my officer. Uh, you know, and it's just nonsense. And so, and then they, they end up arresting the 61 year old lady as well uh, for, uh, for yelling out of her car. And she, the guy goes over to, to arrest her. Or the cop goes over to arrest her. And, and she's like, you're under arrest her. And she's like, for what? I didn't leave my car. And uh, she was like, well, get out. She's like, no, I'm not getting out. You'll tell me I'm trespassing. <laughs> just like, uh, and so he started pulling her out of the car and she said, you don't have probable cause. And he's like, I don't need probable cause, which he, wow. he did. Yeah, I know, right? Wow. Uh, so, yeah, I know. And it was, it's all, of, it was all a farce, this whole thing. And they, they go to court, municipal court, uh, yesterday, it was Wednesday. And, uh, the judge, the municipal court judge, who was, by the way, uh, praying with the attorney and police officers prior to the court case, uh, mm. in, in the courtroom, uh, I'm just them alone, uh, mm. just together having a nice little prayer about, you know, 
whatever they were about to do. Mm. And so they, and it comes out that in the course of this, that there's no ordinance against feeding cats. They weren't in the same area for which they were told not to trespass. They were been told to be there by, uh, by the animal control officer. Uh, there, there was no cause for any of this. And the guy still found them guilty anyway. Uh, you know, wow. just, it was just, they're, and they're going to appeal it and they're going to go to circuit court and they're going to get a jury trial. And I guarantee you, you couldn't find two people to convict these ladies of this, hmm. uh, much less 12. And so, so, so what are we, what are we looking at here? Is this just, uh, is this just a, a, a town that's being run by a bunch of Barney fifes or what are we yes. looking at here? That's yes, it? It's, it is. A, it is. A, it is that, I mean, they've got other problems. These two officers, oof. Uh, two are two of the officers, the main two who are involved. Uh, first of all, they lied on the on their written statements uh, on their police reports and said that the lady got out of the car. Body camera clearly shows she did not get out of the car, uh, right. and that's what he claimed the arrest was for was because he told her to stay in the car and she got out. She did so, not. So it's really uh, worse than Barney Fives. It's, oh, it's, it's worse. Yeah, it's, it's and, and these two Barney guys. Fives. These two guys have some have some issues. Uh, hmm. There are a couple of cases that are floating around out there. One in which he's also on body on a body cam, saying screaming at somebody that he doesn't need probable cause to jerk them out of a car. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and this particular person, he actually manhandles and jerks out of the car. Uh, the, the older lady, he, he pulls out harder than he should have for for a lady that had done nothing more than feed cats and was not really a threat to anybody at right. any point. Uh, but he, he doesn't do it like the, the other. And, and then there's another case as well um, at, at, that's, at, that's also being litigated in which they're, they're involved in. So, yeah, it's a, it's a whole situation here. And so what, what do yet, you see? What do you see as the what, what's going to happen ultimately? I, I, honestly, I think what I, I don't know what's going to happen. I think they're going to go to circuit court and, and, uh, and they're going to, you know, a jury's going to overturn all this and it's going to be done with. But, you know, what, what I think got it to here is a, is one of those small town, you know, she's criticizing me on Facebook, uh, go out there and, and show her who's in charge of this damn town. You know, I think that's, you know, one of those old school, uh, good old boy. And, and you know, you say good old boy and it, and it implies some level of corruption. And, and that's not what I'm saying. But it's just like, a you know, I'm in charge here, you know, sort mm. of thing. And, and but show that is them, corruption, though. Yeah, it is. It's I mean, abuse I, of power. I just, you know? Yeah, it's a, it is. It was an abuse of power. And I mean, and, and, it, and it showed in the response. You know, I think that's what gave them away mm-hmm. was uh, the response of these two little old ladies out you know, trapping cats. And, hmm. and you know, what I said in, in the column I wrote about it was in, in a decently run city, they would have recognized what these two ladies were doing and said, that is accomplishing the goal that we want. Even if we don't necessarily agree with each other, mm-hmm. we can recognize that these two ladies are doing something that is a valuable asset to our community. It's a valuable service. And we're going to help, do that. We're going to expand this. We're going to see if there's a uh, there's somewhere where we can. If it's causing a problem in this area, let's see if there's somewhere we can do this somewhere elsewhere. And let's work yeah. with them and let's get this thing done and let's let's solve this problem that we have here. Instead, they did this shit mm-hmm. and they sought to punish somebody who they disagreed with over whatever personal issues, political issues, whatever they they wanted to punish them. And now there was a there was a camera crew and reporter. From hmm. uh, the CBS Nightly News there. Oh. Oh, yeah. There's oh. a na- there's national CBS r- reporters there. Oh. Um, 
Yeah, and, and also a bunch of state reporters and people who have covered it for a while. Uh, but yeah, there, there's a crew there from CBS. Uh, the BBC called the attorney uh, for the latest. Uh, yeah, oh, listen, man, the Guardian has called uh, for them. Uh, I, I mean, the, they had, uh, 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 I, he told me that, that, that so far there have been media outlets from six different countries that have mm-hmm. called to talk about this. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and it's all because of this, it's, it's stupid, you know? I mean, everybody looks at it and goes, what? You know, what mm-hmm. are you doing? You know, and they know that something is awry in this, and and it is because it's just so dumb. And what what it, have, what have our state officials? What what has their reaction been to this? I mean, I, a governor or attorney general? You know, what, what's their reaction been? Well, the attorney general is you know is waiting to to see what you know Donald Trump has to say about it. Then he'll let us know. Oh, I forgot uh, about that. Then, yeah, okay. yeah. Thanks and, for, uh, for yeah, a reminder. Yeah. 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 It's, listen, I'm, I'm sure that at some point here, if they can see some sort of uh, political win for themselves in one side or the other, that's mm-hmm. what they're going to do. Um, I, you know, I honestly, I can't imagine that Kay Ivey is going to get involved in this in any way, shape or form. Cause it's just not what she does. Mm-hmm. Um, now, Steve Marshall, on the other hand, you know, I could see him saying, "We're we're killing this. Hmm. You know, we're going to kill this because it's." You look at the response of this, and it is universal, universal yeah. distaste for what's going on in this. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, and it should be. It's, yeah. it's so stupid that everybody looks at it and says, "What?" She, they're they were helping the cat population. They were doing the right thing. You know. You know, as a as a general principle. Municipalities should not be arresting women who are in their 60s, 70s, and 80s unless they are presenting an immediate threat yes. to somebody's life and well-being. Yeah, yeah. But, I, you know, this idea that you should just be, you know, arresting, manhandling yeah. women in that age group, well, we're meant for that matter, really, in my opinion. We really well, shouldn't be doing that to anybody, but especially the elderly. Come on. I know. I know. And, 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 hey, let me tell you something else that'll little just add a little flavor to this. Okay. Um, apparently, apparently, during the course of this whole thing, uh, in the area where they were originally feeding these cats and trapping them, um, there were several businesses there, um, mm-hmm. including restaurants. Mm-hmm. And uh, many of those people who owned those businesses said, yeah, we've been sitting out food for a long time. We've been feeding those cats. We feed those cats every night. What are you talking yeah. about? Yeah. And so, you know what I'm saying? It's all, it all comes back to this personal political thing, you know, mm-hmm. and, and because you're, you're not, it, it wasn't ever the problem, you know, because otherwise they've been over there arresting the people at the restaurant and stuff as well. It was never that. It was always about this. The, you know, there's an issue with these particular women over this sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And, and it's just, it's going to cost them, I wrapped up the column with it's going to cost them millions in PR uh, and when simply doing the right thing was free. It was free. Yeah. They didn't have to do anything. Mm-hmm. They could have gone, uh, they could have given these ladies an award uh, mm-hmm. for doing what they were doing. And, and, and you know, it would have cost nobody, it, nothing. Would have cost nothing. Uh, but here we are. It's so ridiculous, isn't it? So ridiculous. I just, uh, it's mind blowing to me that we still have this level of incompetence 
and just just it's just mind blowing to me. You know, whether it's this, whether it's the, the you know what was happening to the the people in Valley, whether it's the the you know what was happening to the people, and what was that town where they were uh, where they were pulling people over? You know, Brookside, Brookside, Brookside. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, that kind of stuff is just so. Like really? Are we yeah, are we really back in the nineteen forties or something? You you just you're like eighty years behind common sense policing, really? Um, it's it's uh it is it really is unbelievable. I and I tell you, uh, and it kind of honestly, it's a good lead in to uh, to our right wing nut of the week, our our final for the for the year, our final right wing nuts, yeah. uh, and that's the 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 folks of Tennessee, uh, and I and we'll, mm. lawmakers in Tennessee, right? Mm. Uh, the uh, conservative lawmakers in Tennessee who apparently passed a uh, an abortion bill that nobody knew what was in it, um, and and then when they found out what was in it, uh, nobody really liked it. And then uh, on top of that, uh, it has one of the worst provisions uh, for health of the mother that I have ever seen in my entire life, um, and which. It requires, listen to this, it, uh, it requires doctors who perform an abortion to protect the life of a mother. It requires them to prove in court that it was medically necessary. So it's, think about that. They have upended, through legislation in Tennessee, they have upended innocent until proven guilty. Yep, and are requiring doctors to prove prove that they were innocent of these charges. Which is them. which is going to mean that there are going to be a lot of doctors who are going to say, uh, "No, not going to do that procedure." <clears throat> you know, I'm not going to take that risk because I don't want to be prosecuted for you know doing something that yes, it may save a woman's life. But I don't want to be prosecuted if the if the courts or the jury system finds me guilty. So no, I'm not going to do that. Yeah, that's that's exactly what it's going to do. That's what it's done all around the country, all around the country with with these sorts of laws and these sorts of things going on. That's what's happened everywhere. It's been this chilling effect, and as it turns out, um, even among you know conservatives, they they are wholly unhappy with um, with this law. Uh, the fact that they're they believe that uh, the majority, according to a poll from Vanderbilt, the majority of the people, overwhelming majority of the people in Tennessee believe that their abortion law has exceptions for rape, incest and health of the mother. It does not. Right. Um, and so assume. now. Yeah. 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 And so uh, now they're, they're uh, the legislators there in Tennessee are considering going back and altering the bill in some manner because the outrage has been uh, so severe over this because. Much like the people in Alabama, they were just passing shit. You know, mm-hmm. who cares? This mm-hmm. never Rose never going to be overturned. We'll just pass this shit to prove that we're pro life, and because we've made a whole political issue out of this very real, complicated matter, uh, a health matter for women, and uh, you know, and nobody has to really consider the consequences because who in their right mind would overturn this precedent that was set fifty years ago? So let's just do it, and so that's what they did, and now you've got all these dumbass laws. So now my question to you is, you know, as you suggested, there's a similar, there was a similar, you know, situation here in this state, almost exactly the same, perhaps. Um, 
but uh, but there doesn't seem to be any backlash, and I guess and I guess that's because maybe because the life of the mother in our in our law is provided for, but yeah. rape and incest is not. Yeah. Um, so I, is that the is that the sole difference, and or do you think that there's the potential for a similar backlash here? Well, I think that there, if you look at polling, uh, there is a, a similar distaste for the law that we have. All right. Um, the the problem that we have here is that we are gerrymandered to the hilt. Uh, so I mean, you can't you can't get much more gerrymandered, and we don't have a functioning Democratic Party um, yeah. at the at the current time to offset any of this. So there's no yeah. there's no viable alternative, uh, even in areas in which. Uh, this thing was an issue, and mainly in the Huntsville area uh, that we saw with uh, with Mallory Hagan ran very hard on this, uh, as did Marilyn Lands um, and uh, Kim Lewis. Uh, even there, we're still not completely over that d- gerrymandered hurdle um, in, in which you know the, these areas draw in so many ultra conservative people that they're never going to vote for a Democrat no matter what. And so it doesn't, it, you know, and I'll tell you the other big key here is straight ticket voting, uh, which I want to say some 70% of people who, who filled out a ballot uh, voted straight ticket uh, in the last election and the turnout was less than 40%. So when you combine the, all those factors together, you have a really huge problem in terms of moving the needle. Uh, at the actual ballot box. And so I think that's the only difference or th- that's the real differences that we have be- between us and Tennessee. And, uh, you know, otherwise I think the outrage is basically the same, uh, you know, and uh, so. All right. All right. You ready? You ready. All right. Let's uh, let's get on out of here. Uh, you, you know, wish everybody a, a, a Merry Christmas or Happy Holidays, whatever you celebrate. I hope you all you have a good time. You'll be safe. Uh, you'll be happy. And, uh, you know, and, and maybe you'll get lots of, of money and, and good things. We wish the best for you. Holiday blessings. Yes. Peace on earth. Goodwill towards all men. Absolutely. And y'all. And uh, and yeah, ab- oh, absolutely. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and, you know, and above all else, uh, y'all stay safe out there. That's right. Peace.